Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what? I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You bring people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yep. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally imagine that. <laughs> I'm no sure somebody's written that one too. Pounder with cheese and France, Mickey. What? <laughs> <laughs> Royale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my, my progeny to you, almighty Marvel beast. <laughs> <laughs> but Neil Adams is somewhere going, hmm, it's, uh, it's my time. Uh, <laughs> How do you measure success? Hey, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Speak. I'm your host, Dave. And John. And JD was here. He's having technical difficulties. He will be here. I promise. He's on his way. You people must love tuning in just to see what technical difficulties we are starting off with on these on these podcasts. It's just... Yeah. I'm going to blame it on the fact that Alan Moore is tertiarily involved in what we're going to talk about. For I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say something more. We're waiting for JD. Do you know today is seven years ago today? We were at Amalgam Comics doing this in front of a live audience. <gasps> oh, the Philly podcast. Yes. Yeah. And you were festival. That's and you were uh, kept we, drinking in front of everyone. Yeah. We got to do that again. Yeah. What was that? That was, oh yeah, it was Amalgam. We did it at the Tattooed Mom too, didn't we? Right, right. Yeah. Amalgam closed down. So, um, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. She wasn't doing well financially with it. So she closed it. Um, yeah. We'll do it again. I don't know. A, they, they stopped doing them during the pandemic. So I don't know when they're going to start them up again. They haven't yeah. announced anything. So I still have my card. It's with so do my, I. my voice recorder. So what, what's new with you, John? How was your week? Well, look, Aside from the other things I told you, they probably don't. Not appropriate for. <laughs> no, not appropriate not, for. The not podcast. even to insinuate that there are inappropriate things for. Oh, <laughs> did I say it on air? Um, no, uh, saw a good movie. I'm in the three hundreds for um, One Piece, so I'm. Oh wow! Fast. I, I'm going very fast through through the uh, through through the um, different episodes. And a friend of mine at work gave me a website to show me. 
what the uh, episodes were that I could skip because there is a whole bunch of filler that just has no bearing on the plot whatsoever. So that's kind of helped me a bit to skip a lot of stuff that was just really weird. Anime filler is just just really strange sometimes yeah. and annoying. Um, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, so I'll, I'll start this podcast off right uh, this morning. I would, I went to the, uh, I went to the grocery store and there was a guy in front of me, uh, trying to pay for his, his groceries and he didn't have enough money. And this old guy, um, the card he had, I, I couldn't tell whether it was social security or, or, a, you know, food stamp program or something. He was a fixed income old guy. Right. Right. So I just told him, you know what? I'll pay for it. I figured, yeah. you know, right. I did my good deed for the day. Um, I'm very happy. I'm about to, uh, and and hopefully my my sister doesn't see this. I, I've I've got a bunch of um, illegal cereals to ship to my nephews, um, <laughs> which all in a box ready to be shipped off. So uh, there's that, and uh, yeah, um, and I'm I'm starting to read through the light novels for uh, Rising of the Shield Hero. Cool. So a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Keeping yourself busy. Yeah. Notice I didn't mention work. Ah, oh, damn it. Almost ah, so so close. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but uh, you, JD, how are you? A little technical difficulty before the show, but I'm good to go now. You look you, your your setup is way nicer now. Now now yeah. I got to get the like blue spotlights and everything. Well, I'm getting uh, I'm getting paid now to do these things, so I have to level up my game. When? Oh, wait tell, a minute! Don't tell John I'm paying you. Hold the hold, hold your horses. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> No, he's talking about his other podcast. My other podcast, we, uh, Mike and JD, we we went on our own this week with our first ever live stream on pay, and we launched our Patreon and uh, got twenty subscribers already. Cool. So for first nice. week, went pretty good. But I figured if I'm doing that, I have to like actually like try with video because I can't be the guy's like, well, I'm a video professional, and then like I half-ass with a, me looking into a webcam, so. You know, I, I had to kind of level up the game a little bit and make it look like like when Don would come on. I'd always be like, man, why is this set up better than mine? You're the professional in all this. So you, you need the no. 4K. Was it the, the 4K? I forget what the name of it is. The Logitech 4K um, streaming cam. I've got that at work. My only problem is that when I when I watch the feed from it, it's like, oh, that's where I cut myself shaving. Oh yeah. Oh, there's some there's some razor burn over here. I got a hair out of place. I like the the the, the better the webcam. The it's the Brio, the Logitech Brio. Well, I got one of my. Okay. They're expensive, but they're really good. I got one of my DSLRs for right now, and it's fine. Uh, Drew, you want to see Evil JD? This oh, would be Evil oh, JD. Actually, this is more Evil JD. Oh, there you go. This is Evil JD. This is a nice JD. Yeah, yeah, Drew. It it is too weird. If it's too weird for me. <laughs> so, but yeah, other than that, um. School started last week or this past week on Thursday. So we got the kids back. Going to be uh, super busy for the rest of the year. And it is what it is. So, yeah, I just saw a movie. Literally, literally just left the theater and came home. And I texted Dave before the show. And I'm like, hey, the dog threw up all over his kennel. So I had to clean that up. And then I had to do the setup. And then I couldn't get EOS to work. Because you said when I came in, it's an EOS technology. EOS not connected. Blah, blah, blah. Which in this case means you just plug it in, plug it out, plug it in, plug it out, plug it in, plug it out. So, yeah. But I'm good sounds now. Very, sounds Time to technical. update your drivers. <laughs> uh, it's uh, old old camera. Oh, 
Yeah. So Dave, send your oh, oh. send your donations to at JD underscore. <laughs> no, I'm fine, man. I, hey, hey, don't no donations needed. I got the best setup right now, baby. I look good. You look How are wonderful. you, Dave? I do look wonderful. Feeling good about that. No, I don't think I don't think you're lit well enough. Like you know, I think I'm looking great. These bright lights on me. Everyone can see me clearly. I'm so. Beautiful. I am the one with the <laughs> least human lighting. Okay. True. That's exactly what I did. I did turn it on and off again. That's how I fixed it. I'm going to try to fix my light a little. I have that. I have that on my bag for work, Drew. <laughs> Since your eye turned it off, I'm I'm doing all right. I uh, had kind of a busy week with work, and uh, yeah, see, I'm mentioning work. Um, uh, I actually have been doing a couple things for the podcast. Uh, oh, I wanted to mention at the top of the the show, we have 4,000 subscribers now on YouTube. That's so, awesome. Um, wow, there really is something wrong with this world. Welcome to, <laughs> thank you for subscribing. Welcome to the show, and uh, don't forget to tell your friends. You know, and if you're watching and you're not subscribed, come on, hit that subscribe button, click that bell for notifications. Uh, not click, click. <laughs> so um, with us too. Instead of donations, subscribe to JD's Patreon. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Subscribe to the Patreon. It's going good. More money. Um, Five dollars. You know what? We should revisit ours. Um, yes, but it's, we should, by the way. Really I, found, I found an uh, acceptable use for AI this week. Um, I don't know if JD... I, I know John doesn't pay attention to social media. JD, you saw some of them. They're just clips that are reformatted to kind of fit uh, you know, the long format and uh, has some of the words. There's an AI tool. It was free to use, and it was like, Give us a video and we'll generate some clips for you to, to, to put on social media. It's so a little weird, but it's not terrible. Like it's all, it's awkward how it bounces around, but I get yeah. like it's like Instagram formatted, so it has to do it. Exactly. But uh it's a little that, a little that or TikTok, yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Are, are all the clips that the AI is picking out the ones where JD is yelling out, I can't believe those bastards or something like that? No, I, no. Um, I mean and it's it's actually good because you can tell that it is edited, um, but it's you know some of them make no sense. The way that it's edited does not work at all. But some of them, it's like oh, they took like I say something and then you respond and then I say something back and it you know it works. So um, yeah, you know what? You, you, yeah, we'll we'll talk about this after uh, sausage making time. Like you you should <laughs> let, you should give me um, admin rights so that when we post up this video we can um, actually add in the stops for each section. I could do that. Can you? Can you? Yes. Yes, I can. I can. <laughs> I, I, I've written over a million lines of code at work. I, I should be able to handle this. Well, did, you say, did you say you did a million lines of blow at work? Yes. Uh, oh, a I thought, million if, lines if, of blow. If I had done that, I'd be much happier. But it was, it was unfortunately. Like, wow, it's the super 80s speak. <laughs> <laughs> It's eighties. Uh, it's old eighties businessman and older eighties businessman. It's like, yeah. Uh, speaking of sections of the show, let's just get right into social media madness. Oh, let's not. Oh, by the way, I'm not caught up on uh, Superman and Lois or Superman New Adventures of Superman. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch Max. my adventures with Superman, and that's it. And yeah, it's um, man, it's it's just wow. It is hitting on all cylinders. I cannot believe it is this good. I am but, really surprised and happy. Speaking of my adventures with Superman, mm -hmm. um, we had Kassan chime in and said, I just watched episode eight. The Superman dealt 
doubt felt manufactured and forced. I felt the hand of the writers flounder for tension and they weren't subtle. Also, the sliding scale of soups is annoying. One moment he's as fast as light. The next he can't catch a jogging man. Um, well, he's at that. You got to remember at that point, he's been literally awake for several days. That like, being said, the series is still an eight. It was, a, yeah, still, it was an 8.5. Okay. Uh, and then I'm still giving it a nine myself. Caesar said, maybe you weren't paying attention to the episode. Hmm. He is tired and disoriented. So there you yep. go. Yeah. Uh, and then Kassan responded, I know, yet he still moved as fast as though, as thought when it was convenient for the pacing. This has always been an issue with superhero media powers or a plot device. That, not, well, and nothing more. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the problem. I would, I, like, I would is, normally agree. I don't know. I, wait, wait. I, I know you're, I would normally agree with Kassan, but when adrenaline hits, that's what happened. Like, if you've been awake for several days and you get a, a shot of adrenaline because something bad happened, you're going to be able to operate at like 95% capacity, but it's immediately going to drop again. Like, I, and because I've been there, I've done that several times in my life. It, it, you know. Any it, sci fi uh, superhero show has, does that though. Like, things change. Sorry, ignore me. <laughs> Things change. My thing just fell down. Depending on the plot. I mean, how many times in Star Trek was it like you can't beam with the shields up, but then like last minute something happens and they can beam with the shields up, you know, in an episode because they need to be able to do it at that moment. I, I would agree, but there is a difference between like really lazy writing where it's just like, you know, oh, sometimes, it, sometimes it works for the shields and sometimes it doesn't. And then only slightly lazy writing where it's actually planned that, yes, they made him at that point, having been awake for several days, that he is that tired. And yes, so that then it does make sense that he is really lagging on his reaction time and using his powers. And, and normally, normally with Superman, that's the biggest problem with writing is trying to find a way to write him so that it's believable that he doesn't just instantly win on everything. Right. So super easy, barely an inconvenience. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, nice. Nice, Drew. Nice. That's from uh, pitch meetings. From pitch meetings, yeah. Yes. Um, no, but in, I think the other side of the coin is that Superman has changed so much from his initial incarnation to the 70s to today. Like, you know, I think it, I think what you have to do is establish a power set for your hero at the beginning of the show. And unless there's a reason to fluctuate from it, try to stick to it, you know? Well, in this we. Okay. Isn't that the point though of this show is that he is fluctuating because he is discovering yeah. what he can and can't do? Right. So that's right. kind of built in. And his power set isn't the same as your normal typical Superman. This one's got the electrical um, you know, burst and everything. So we still and he's able to throw off the effects of kryptonite. They showed it. Nobody's mentioned it, but they showed it. So we still don't know how this Superman differs from the rest, you know? Yeah. So like we yeah and yeah, JD's exactly right. We until they until they get inside his ship and start talking to Jorel and figure out the language and all that, you know, and start filling in. But they I like the fact that they're taking a slow burn on that and not just explaining everything outright, you know? It's the same thing they did with John Wick. It's the oh. same thing they do with One Piece, the anime. It's like it 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 is much better for the story if you if you discover stuff organically 
through the story rather than having a dissertation at some point, you know? Yeah. Well, here's Kassan chiming in. There was a solution. They took the lazier solution. Hmm. He could have caught the invisible guy just as the truck came in and shielded the guy because he didn't have time to fly him away. But he wasn't, th- he wasn't thinking properly. All he could think of at that point was, oh, save the person, get them out of the way. Because save the he's, cheerleader, he's, save the world. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know. We're, we're pulling out stuff that, you know, the young'uns won't, won't remember. Those, those I, oldies but goodies. Damn, that is, a, that is nearly a 20-year-old show, isn't it? Isn't it really? Oh, God. Oh, fuck old, old. I, you're old. Okay. I know. You're, what are you, dead? <laughs> oh! Hey, um, hey, me, me and the Crypt Keeper, man. <laughs> me and the... You know, <laughs> you know Wait a minute. there's a show that needs a comeback, it would be Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt, yeah. This Love is that. true. Um, uh, speaking of Kassan, he actually uh, turned me on to a... Uh, Kinky. I wasn't going to say anything. Just don't. Yeah, leave Get it to going. me. I'm the one. Leonardo. I'm the test, I'm test, footage, test footage um, from a company called... Oh, I can't remember the name of the company. Uh, it's called Leonardo. It's outnumbered. Um, and it's a, it's a video. It's CGI video of like Leo fighting a bunch of people. Um, did you have a chance to, to watch it? Because I know, no. you know, you don't pay attention to social media, J- John. And JD, you have a life. Uh this, this is kind of like, every once in a while, you'll get something like this. Like, they had one for the the Red Lion for Voltron back in the day, like, a couple of years ago. Maybe, God, over five years ago now. Um, it was just some some short, some some person got one of the actors from Psych um, to actually play the, 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 um, the, the, was it the driver of the Red Lion? And the yeah. pilot of the Red Lion. And it just like every once in a while you get one of these fan made things that has such a high level of, of, of just I don't know. It's just it's it's amazing. And yeah, this is great. This is like awesome. Yeah, he said this is the movie Dave wanted. Also me, right. I'd love this movie. Yeah, I mean it was it was good. I you know, um, and it's done so well to... too. Um, yeah, no, it, it it looks really good. Um, I thank you, Kassan, for for sharing that because. Uh, um, it's a movie we'll never get. <laughs> all right. All right. Moving on. We talked a lot about the death of physical media last week. And uh, physical, physical, we're going to kill physical, physical. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> and over on the YouTubes, we got a comment from horror collector for life. For life. And he's, he said, a, I have to. That's a, rest, that's a wrestling thing for life. It's the NWO uh, 1996. <laughs> he says, I have to disagree with you guys. Physical media is still important to us because we're living in a world of political correctness, BS. Oh, Lord. And it's nice to have something in your hands that is not censorship or anything yet. Okay. Hold on. Let me read. Uh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. But there's like, I gotta finish reading it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the. Most of the streaming content sucks. Special special from Disney, they kill so many franchises. I think he meant especially from Disney. So many franchises, it's unbelievable in my opinion. Peace out. Physical media for life. 
Uh, all right, go ahead, John. What were you going to say? Do you want to go or can I go? You want to go, John? You want to go? No, you, you, you go, I'll go first. I'll go first, yep. and you, then, then you. We didn't say it's time to end physical media. We said they're not selling physical media in Australia, like specifically, because no one is buying it. And no one is going to take away your guns, man. I'm sorry. When we're tying in, like, we're tying in political correctness to not selling dvds i'm out i don't know what else to say about this that is well, the most I, I ridiculous you know i won't drink bud like crap i've ever heard in my life i don't i don't know i don't care about the political correctness thing that's like i i, I think a lot of that is kind of stupid um yeah. i mean not 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 stupid in the way of like you know no, stupid well yeah yeah most of it's stupid um but like take uh across the uh, across the Spider Verse, there are definite changes they made between the um, the Blu-ray that's being uh, put out and the theatrical release, and it makes me nervous that I am going to see and feel something di- like I'm going to say I'm going to tell somebody, hey, I've got the Blu-ray, let's let's watch this together because I really want you to see it, and having them feel something different than I did in the theater because you know, the Mandela effect <laughs> where they change things in the movie to cha- to change what you're feeling during certain scenes. Like yeah. when, when, yeah. when Gwen runs over to, uh, to Miles after he saves the father in the universe of the, was it Mumbatton, right? Like in, in, the thea- in the theater, she's running over going, oh God, oh God, no, you know, Miles, Miles. And in the, in the, in the Blu-ray, she didn't say anything when she runs over. So John, you, we feel, talk- you feel we about talk- her differently now. We know, John. We talked about this. Different theaters had different cuts of the movie. Hmm. Okay. This was this is and this here's the thing. But it's they're like, changing more in the Blu-ray again. Yeah, hold because on. they're hold on. They're working on the movie, and guess who gets to work on the movie? The people who make the movie. I get so tired of people saying it's my movie. It's my movie. No, it's really not. It's the people who make the movie. It's the people who put the time and effort I, into I, creating the thing. It's not about the the viewer. It's about the person who's creating something. Right. And I don't like it's you and like you're saying, well, I I want them to feel the same way I feel. There's no guarantee they're going to feel the same way you felt watching a scene in a movie. They're going to feel their own way about it. True. But can you imagine the chaos when they start changing entire scenes completely? Yeah, they can do that. Yeah, they can do that. George Lucas did it a lot in Star Wars. I was going to say, if it's it's my movie, if it's my movie, I get to do what I want with it. I I get it. I get it. I get it. But like all the guns were edited out of E.T., Right, and that and was a mistake, Stephen. Steve, yeah, because Stephen K or Steven Spielberg said, you know, that was not the right move to do. Right, and it's on the filmmaker to do those things. It's on them to make the decision right. of what their movie sounds like, what their movie feels like, because it's their expression. Right, and we talk. You like, what, what about the artist? What about what the artist? But you, is trying but you to can, do with you can work? tweak it. You, but you know, you look even as a Wait. as a writer, you have to know that you could endlessly tweak something you could yes. you could write a book and then 10 years later come up with a really good idea you could have put an extra scene in there but the problem is that you continue to do that and like the maybe it's me being old and i like something that's permanent like i i have this book i've read it and i know that other people have read the same thing i've read when you start having everybody being able to change everything we talk after about its release well, we talk about so, everybody we're not talking about everybody. we're talking about the creator if the creator yeah. wants to change it, Stephen King changed the gunslinger because we, what it was between the first book and the fifth book were different. So he went back and fixed it. That's his also, story. I, we also I get, talk I get about that, how, but... how stupid the argument of having the physical media would keep 
like keeps it the same because Blockbuster, Blockbuster famously edited movies that they uh, had for rent. Walmart, oh, I didn't know that Walmart releases CDs and stuff all the time that's censored. Like this idea that yeah. because you have a co- a permanent copy of something, it's like untouched and and biblical is uh okay. is a bit ridiculous. Okay, but but let's 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 try to agree that censoring things is oh, yeah. ridiculous because oh, well, um because no you, you, no you, you, you've got them taking the n word out of Tom as uh, was it uh, Tom Sawyer right? It's it's yeah. like it, I, it, it, it you some things are a they're a product of their time and whether or not that was a good time is something that we can learn yeah. from and if you continually change it they're doing this from not just with tom sawyer with a lot of books i, I agree and, I, and, I, it, I, and it that's starts, wrong we start to lose our history you know right and unfortunately because of public domain laws legally yeah. you can you can do that it's in the public yeah. domain. You can get an original version of Tom Sawyer. You can get an original version of Huck Finn. But because it's public domain, it doesn't belong. So these are the case it doesn't belong. One, after, I think, 75 years, it doesn't. It no longer belongs to the creator nor his family. It becomes part of the public consciousness. Hikasan's got a comment here. He goes, creators modify what they want, but changes can erode confidence in the creator's work. That's true. And to yeah. that, I say, who cares? Who cares? I mean, honestly, I don't care. If I'm creating something, I'm not. I'm doing it because that's what I want to do with it. And I've gone back and changed things in my books, right? And so some people have, well, yeah, I didn't change that. That actually happened. But like oh, I've okay. changed dialogue. I've changed, like I've re-edited. People do this all the time. They go back and they read a book, special editions and like, you know, remixes. I was listening to Fleetwood Mac the other day because I like Fleetwood Mac. They're a very good band. And like there's the, there's the 2012 remix of Little Lies. And I'm like, oh, well, that's a thing. Right. So does that destroy that song because they went back? And oh no, no, no. That I mean, no. If you can still get the original work, that's fine. But that's what I'm is, saying. I'm talking. Yeah. I'm talking about the Lucas effect, where suddenly the the old version doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, and but that's it, the, you have to trade it for, through the black market. But that's know? on the that's on the creator. If they don't like the version of it that got released, right? I can I understand that. Yeah. Like especially if Lucas, because again, if you've ever created something Same. and you put it in the in the ether, all you see are the flaws. Yeah, that's it. And you, oh yeah, no, but that's that's every creator, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Every creator has Mm. everything they release is like a high school yearbook, right? A yearbook photo, excuse me, high school yearbook photo. All you see are your pimples, your hairs that are out of line, your stupid haircut, your dumb shirt that you wore, right? You don't see what other people see when they look at it. So, and I'm I'm always going to support a creator if they want to change it, right? If um, but if it's Walmart or something like that, then yeah, I'm on board. But I think this guy. I forget his name, just created a complete slippery slope scenario <laughs> to kind of push his little um, agenda. Uh, okay. Horror uh, something for life. Um, all right. Speaking of creators, life. Um, I did an interview this past week with uh, Travis Webb, one of the creators of Starlight. I love and... how you're doing this. I love how you're doing this, by the way, doing all these creator interviews and creator series. It's so it's just diversifies the channel so much more. David's great job, man. Thank you. Um, to which Kassan? did I shock you? Did I shock yes. you with a compliment? Well, I'm sure that yes. more frequently, Dave. I appreciate your work and your stewardship of this show. Um, Kassan commented, great guest. Uh, Travis had comprehensive insight into the comic book and general writing industry. I'll have to hunt more of his content down. Um, yeah, he was an interesting cause he actually worked as a reporter for a while. And then, uh, um, ended up, but always wanted to work in comics, so ended up going back to comics because he loved it so much. And uh, 
Yeah, it's interesting. I, it's funny because I try to keep them to a half hour, and that one's like an hour because we were just having a great conversation. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I already spoke. Ultimately, it's up to the consumer to communicate their appreciation of content through their wallets, which is true. Which is yeah, why physical media is going away because people aren't buying it anymore. Hundred percent. That's what we talked about. Not in yeah. this country, though. That's Australian. So all you little outback steakhousers, all you crocodile <laughs> duggies, you gotta hmm. buy some DVDs, man. If you want to, if you want to get your, I don't know what the Australian Walmart is. So take out your Vegemite sandwiches and start <laughs> buying some stuff. All right, pancakes or waffles, guys. Well, uh, I'm with Donkey on this one. Waffles. <laughs> It depends on the mood. I can go either way. As long waffles, as waffles, 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 waffles. Sound like my child. Randy says waffles. <laughs> Travis's okay. backstory was wild. It was, yeah. Right. I'm not going to ruin it. Go watch it. Listen to the like show. Watch the show, actually. Watch the show. Yes. Yeah, that one's only on YouTube. I don't release that as an audio. So, all right. Finally, hmm. I released a question on all our social media. And boy, did I not get a lot of responses on this. It made me sad. Um, but I will, uh, uh, but I'm going to keep trying this once a week. Uh, the question was with Blue Beetle launching, um, obviously that means that the DCU is officially launching, the DCEU is dead. Um, my question was should anything survive from the DCEU? Right? Because there's all this back and forth with Wonder Woman and, and whatnot. Um, over on the TikToks, uh, Mr. Random Randy Savage said, Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord can come back. Everyone else can get swapped out. You know, he, I forgot about Maxwell Lord. Pedro Pascal was a great Maxwell Lord. He's, he's absolutely right. I, I would add that to my list of very few people that I would have it's very, to back. It's a very forgettable movie. Um, yeah, I know. That's right. I, my brain was just protecting me. That's all. I like y'all. I like y'all, Gadot. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know who was great? Like you know you know who was great was Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Mm. You know what? You're right. He was he the was. They killed him. He, uh, they did kill him, but he's Dr. Fate. He can come back. Like, so, and then have him like do the Medusa mask thing with Dr. Fate's helmet of fate and have him kind of like be aware that it's a different universe. That's what I would do. That's why no one hires me to do these things. Cassandra uh, says, Cassandra. no, not without Cavill. Just reboot, Just the, whole reboot thing. the whole thing. It might be. We don't know. Yeah. I, Blue Beetle might be a part of that. I think Blue Beetle is the part of that based on what we saw today. Excuse me, I itched my nose. Uh, Randy says Dr. Fate is badass. He is. Dr. Um, Fate ruled. He, yeah, Dr. Fate's Also, we had uh, our good friend 8-Bit Ray said Impulse. Oh, wait, DC doesn't have the balls. <laughs> Dude, we got to get we gotta get a Flash figured out before we can go to Impulse. Yeah. We're like six steps away from Impulse. Forget Impulse. Get static shock for crying out loud. Scorpion season. Juices, I hate scorpion season. Just found a baby. Oh, Let me just okay. say, fuck that. Where the heck is? do you have scorpion season? He's in Arizona. Oh, okay. Oh, that would do it. He's a yeah. he's one of Jim Henson's desert babies. <laughs> and then over on the Twitter, we had Randy comment again. Uh, Mark Strong as a DC villain. Doesn't matter who. Just You what just a- need him to come back in there. In fact... Joe Maganola needs to show what he got as death, has his death stroke. Also, we need, and I can't say the guy's name, um, from Game of Thrones, uh, Jamie Lannister. Oh, and Nikolaj Koster but good. Yeah. Get a, get a, get a, get a, really? He wants him as Eobard Thawne. 
You know, I saw that. That's really good fan casting, actually. He's got a five-second cameo in The Flash. Does he? Ah, everyone missed it. Is that a thing? Did that happen? When when young Barry or past Barry gets his powers and he's running around the city and he steals the guy's hot dog, that's Jamie Lannister. It was. Was it? Yeah. Well, well, there you go. There's a villain origin story if I ever heard one. Hassan forgot about Pierce Brosnan too. Okay, give me Pierce. Yeah, that was good. You yes. know what made it? You know what made it? That damn Doc Holiday mustache. <laughs> it was. You're right. Oh my god! Uh, oh, I just I got a pitch. A Doctor Fate series in the old west where he's actually Doc Holiday. Yeah. That would that would rule so much ass. Cool. DC, call me. You're not gonna. <laughs> all right. Well, that whoa, is all. Whoa! 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 Uh-oh. Whoa! 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 Pull that up. So this is my this is my new show account, the Mike and JD show. I assume because I'm here, I assume this is Mike Gilbert, my co-host, saying I love Pierce Brosnan, but the King's Daughter was brutal. Okay, so this is a deep cut. The King's Daughter was a movie put together by this shitty film studio that I cannot remember what they're called, owned by Anthem Entertainment, who owns a pro wrestling company that we cover. Hey, Mike, thanks for dropping by. That's what I say. Cir- Hi, Mike. The circle is now complete because Dave showed up on this. <laughs> Mike, what was uh, the name of that? What's the name of that crappy film studio? If you're still around, please put it in the chat. All right. Well, while we're waiting for that, uh, if you want to join us on social media and be part of social media next week, here's our good friend uh, Don to tell you more. How's the show going? You join it? Do you want to be part of social media madness? And go ahead and head over to superherospeak.com, where you can find all the social links, episodes of the show. You can find comic reviews by Chris and other articles. We're posting stuff on there all the time. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Colt 45, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, So Wizard, and Superhero Speak. Hashtag GW All-Stars and you will not be disappointed. So make sure that you are engaging with the Superhero Speak Twitter post. Whenever they come up, give us your best comment, and you may make JD say this. I get so I, tired of these <laughs> dumb motherfuckers. I, All right, it's back to the show. Thanks for that, Don. Don, we might need you to, to redo that. Um, because well, well, a couple of things. Mike says gravitas. Then uh, I appreciate that. Second of all, see what I'm talking about. Don's lighting that was really good, and, and Mike also has a drop where like I go crazy. Is this a thing that I do? I do that. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Drew says DC doesn't even have phone lines to call you from. This is this is a fair statement. Oh my god, this is awesome. Randy says Jonah Hex played by Cavill and Batlash with Affleck. Holy shit, now that's some awesome fantasy casting I've ever heard one. Hey, Don, Don, you look oh, good, Don, you are here. Loving the show tonight. Well, thanks, man. We miss you. We should get you back on some. Yes, let us know when you can do. I know you said Sundays are tough. Let us know when you can do it. And but we might need you to redo that that uh, that promo because um, we should mention TikTok because I'm trying to build an audience on there too. So I can't do it. That I should can't. be. <laughs> I can't. Uh, we need. We're gonna need one of you to floss later. So we'll talk about that. Um, no. <laughs> on that no. note, we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Some podcasts are like this. I think that our misunderstanding concerns the intent behind what I would consider an act of love. When I pull the covers over our heads after a sizable fart, 
and turn our bed into a linen gas chamber. It's me sharing with you, whom I love deeply, one of the things in my life that I'm most proud of, and that is the decibel level and aromatic violence that my sphincter is capable of. To bask in it together is a bonding experience that has the potential to deepen our bond of love, and she's gone. And some podcasts are like this. You want to make a lot of money, WB? This is what you do. Take Batman the Animated Series. Do that. Just do that in live action. Sold. Superman the Animated Series. Do that. Sold. Billion right there. Mr. Freeze with the dome. With the dome. With the dome. With the dome. Give me a guy with a puppet who's scary as Give me a racial, ambiguous Lex Luthor. Right. I don't know what he is. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> no one knows what he is. We don't know what he is. Got a black voice. He's white, but he got big lips. I don't know what he is. But do that. Do that. Take the storylines from it if you want to, and we would love it. That seems simple enough to me. Does that seem simple enough to y'all? Yeah. Would you yeah. be okay with that? Give me, give me a guy. Easy. Who's made of clay? Easy. He's made of clay. He's made of clay. No, no, no. Not he got disfigured in an accident. No. He's made of clay. Made of clay. His name's Clayface. Clayface. But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. How do you get in a suit so tight you can't hear yourself, my nigga? She was yelling her lines at first, and like Tim was like, shh, shh, shh. Break it down. <laughs> Break it down. Just, just. I am Catwoman. Hear me? No. <laughs> I can't skip even deadlier. <laughs> I feel so yummy in this. So much more yummier. Just fucking <laughs> Michelle. Michelle. Whoa. Bring it Chow. down. Bring, Bring it, it down. <laughs> Andrew's in the corner, like, yeah, yes. <laughs> fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's metal as fuck. Metal as fucking screaming latex, bitch. <laughs> This is Beat'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet, sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes. So I hope we sound smarter than those people. Um, okay, wait. Hold on real quick. Uh, Whoa, that second guy was pretty good, actually. Right. Like, we've talked about this before, but his idea, there that holds that holds water. Randy, Randy lets us know that uh, there are also cooking TikToks. 
Um, good I actually made turkey and stuffing tonight. Ooh. Halfway to Thanksgiving <laughs> party or something? Well, my son requested mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, okay, why not? Is there a TikTok uh, that tells you how to sign up for HelloFresh? But Drew says, <laughs> I nominate John to floss for TikTok. So. Yeah, no. No, you do not want to see me dance. No, of anything. I can sing. I've sung on stage in the past. I can do that. I will not dance. That is the one thing. I'm going to say this right now. If we get to five, no, no, 200 followers on TikTok, 250, 250 followers on TikTok, we will make John dance. You dare. (laughs) Look. I mean, I know you don't want us to succeed, but that is like, seriously, like that would guarantee losing all those people. And since Randy's watching, I already said this to him, but remember last week when we talked about uh, YouTube and how they take stuff down, they copyright it and twice, we changed the intro. I created a song and and, uh, created the shorter intro for us. Um, Last week's episode went up and then we got a copyright strike and I'm like, I told you. It what doesn't the, matter what, no. you, what we use. Yeah. Randy's ad had Gangster's Paradise playing in the background. That's Get what with the copyright strike. That's fair right. use. See ya. When somebody's talking over it, that's fair use. They I know. I, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. So, Randy, fix that ad. Shit. Actually, Randy, that's, do another ad because the ads are always great. Yeah, that's YouTube. Yeah, they are. That's YouTube. That's YouTube. All right. Yeah, exactly. We got a little bit of news to talk about, guys. I think I think Disney's in a lot of freaking trouble. So, well, I, I, speaking as somebody who was just at the Disney parks this year, me too. They are in trouble. The parks themselves are going downhill. Parks well, yeah, I, didn't, I told you guys that the Magic Kingdom blows ass. I, I don't even want to yeah. like get into that because like they made so many mistakes with the 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 parks in the last couple of years, like. It's it's ridiculous. But that's the reason why they got rid of the old CEO and brought back what's his name? Um, Iger. Yeah, Iger. So oh, first Iger. off, they're being sued by the financiers of the Way of Water because they're claiming that they're using Hollywood magic bookkeeping to prevent them from getting paid, saying that the money has the movie hasn't made any money, so they can't pay out. Um, oh my god! If there's one person you don't cross, it's a financier. Yeah. But you know the funny thing is, I think it's Empire Strikes Back. They said for decades made no money, so that they didn't have to pay the the financiers. Yeah. So yeah. So it's not like that's the whole thing is that this is not new, but with everything else going on at Disney, them being sued for this, and apparently they have a strong case from the article that I read. This was on the Hollywood Reporter. Like, yeah, like obviously the money, the movie made money, right? It was one of the only movies this year that actually made money so yeah um the other one you brought to my attention john the uh the in-house marvel vfx team is uh going to vote whether or not they're going to unionize good i hope they unionize they are going to unionize it's going to happen yeah i have a question i have a question after the, after the last couple of years they've had pff, yeah i have a question though and i've seen this happen before they just get rid of them and then import all their vfx work also known as as pulling a Bezos, um, but uh, um, I, don't I don't think, think that can... will work because I yeah. think the the idea of a union because they're gonna if as soon as they do form a union they're going to get backed by SAG and, and WGA yeah and probably and probably the Directors Guild probably the DGA too so when that happens 
But what happens if they do it before the vote? Then they won't work with them. Then you're gonna have the then you're gonna have the DGA saying we're not gonna work with you. You're gonna have WGA saying yeah. we're not gonna work with you. Like it's gonna cause it's going. This is why they don't want this, right? And what's gonna happen is all the VX houses are gonna unionize. Eventually, you're just gonna have VX the VFX union. And here here's the difference between like something like these guys unionizing and something like Amazon warehouse people. It's different. Um, if if they start well, I know it's all different, but here's another difference. Uh, if they start pulling a Bezos and like, well, you know, you're fired because you weren't working up to what we thought you could or that sort of thing. Um, you know, it's really hard to animate stuff when your character models go missing because you have to rebuild those. And that takes time. Mm -hmm. You know, they have power, which is why they can pull this off. Right. Like if you're if you're working for Hollywood and you're not unionized, if you can get organized and say, hey, we're going to do this. There's really not much they can do because they're gonna like they're they're starting. I don't know if you guys saw the the WGA put out a press release saying the PTA is like um, they want to talk and they're willing to start working on concessions because you can't go yeah. on right. And this happens like they're again it's a negotiation. They're not going to get everything they want, but they wind up getting the most stuff. Right. Well, yeah. one of the things I wanted to say on on places unionizing and it's it's just a total side note. Um, I had a one of my best friends. Uh, who will remain nameless, uh, used to work for, first it was Prism, and then Prism went out of business and Comcast Sportsnet took over, and they were going to bring a union in to Comcast Sportsnet, and Comcast just offered them all this stuff to not unionize. That's a known tactic. <laughs> yeah, and so basically, like, most of the people are like, eh, we're not going to, because we'll take the stuff. So, I mean, I'm just saying, that happens too. I think Kassan's got a point here. It's kind of we talked about. I think VFX Union has a strong position. I don't think there are enough VFX houses to go around and meet all the demands. That's what I'm saying. Once one does yeah. it, the rest, the rest will jump on board because there's strength in numbers, especially in Hollywood. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, look at what happened with um, the, what you call it, the, across the Spider-Verse. Mm -hmm. You know, they're talking about how, like, they were rushing to get it done. And so, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, that's Sony, but still, it was like, um, well, that, oh, that goes for almost all animation studios at this point. Like, yeah. you know, especially when you're dealing with like a uh, studio like Netflix. Netflix is is notorious for underpaying and overworking, uh, you know, animation houses and and FX houses. Like, like, like they're they're like one of the worst offenders. So this will affect Netflix too, and anybody else that uses those guys for stuff like you know, fully CGI animated series. Mm -hmm. So um, this is reality. Yeah. Right. Well, it's good though. So you, it's good. Very. You had, you had said uh, just a second ago that the, they're now willing to negotiate, right? The, there's talk that from the, there was the WGA, but there's talk that they're going to start negotiating. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if this has anything to do with it. A federal judge on Friday said that AR. AI art is not copyrightable. Good. That is very, but it's, 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 and it's causing speaking. studios to have pause because like, yeah, well, yeah. Good. this, but okay. So that's the thing is there's no creator. Really. Like the guy entering prompts is not a creator. And I've right. done that. I play with, with AI art. Like there's no real creation. So I'm really glad that this is, that this is a decision. Because this had to happen. Like somebody had to make these kind of calls at some point. And I'm glad a lawyer right. did. John just checked out of the show. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> He's typing. That's why he muted his mic. I know. Yeah, I, I type it. Okay, there was there was a movie only a few years ago called Flash of Genius. It was about the guy who invented the intermittent windshield wipers. And um, it was, I think, was it Ford? I think it was Ford that stole it from him. Okay. Um, they, 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 they had him come in and say, they, they said, okay, we're going to let, we're going to use your, your invention. We're going to, you know, set you up and everything. They had him come in, um, show him a prototype, and then they stole it. And they, they offered theirs. And it took years in loss in, 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 in the courts, but he finally won. And the, re- and the reason why I'm saying this is he won on the fact, and it's, this goes right to AI, he won on the fact that the way he arranged the transistors and, and, and you know, the wiring and all that was the same as, the, as him coming up with a specific ordering of words for a book, meaning he could copyright it, he could trademark it. So that's the same thing as artists. They come up and they order stuff and they come up with a work of art. If somebody else comes up and takes that and just tweaks it a little bit or take cuts pieces out, they're still using other people's work to put this together. So there's no like that. That ruling is going to have to stand. I cannot see anybody being able to overrule that. Or if they yeah. do, it'll go to this room port. Oh, no, no. I mean, here's the thing that, that. I, I I agree with. the. Yeah, I, I know these days. I, I, I agree with the ruling with the AI art because that is an amalgam of other art like we all know this they're not it's not creating anything it's looking for like if you say give me a picture of batman it's looking at all the pictures of batman on the internet and bringing them together and creating an amalgam like it's not it's it's not new art in that sense and still even 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 now there's still reports of them like they put together a, a an ai generated version of batman and you will see little pieces of artist signatures in the, in the output from the original artists. Yes. Like, um, so. But the, the, the windshield whipper one has me. Uh, it was called Flash of Genius. It came out in 2008. It just makes me, it, it makes me think because look at like the computer industry, right? Um, that the, the BIOS like was one of the, the biggest things when PCs first came out. And the idea was, I can't remember who, who created the original, bios but then like hp wanted to create their own computer and you could buy all the parts off of the shelf except the bios i think it was ibm that created the bios originally right so and it was it was the copyrighted thing in the computer well they reverse engineered it they figured out how what the bios was doing and created their own chip that acted like a bios chip and that was allowed because they didn't they didn't copy the exact wiring in the chip clean room it's what's called a clean room if you can look at the inputs and outputs and come up with something that does the same, but but you haven't looked at the specific code that right. does it, then that's what's called a clean room version, and that's legal. But you yeah. cannot copy stuff from the actual code that's doing the processing. Right. So, I mean, but that's a completely different. That's why I got interested in, I'm going to watch Flash Genius just to see how they... I'll shut up about they... this now because we lost two viewers while we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> I think we lost JD too. Looks like he fell lost, asleep. You lost you lost a co-host too on this, but yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Three people with one shot. Awesome. Well, all right. Well, speaking of AI, and this is I believe the last article I have for the week, but John, you brought this one. Um, there's already there's a there's a book. It's selling like wildfire on Amazon. It's a big it, joke. It will it not is, be 
Okay. It is an AI written book about the Maui wildfires. Yeah. So, like, you know, Maui wildfire, Maui wildfires happen. Three days later, guy puts in a couple of prompts, gets an AI to generate an entire book about it, and publishes it through Amazon. Like, look, man, Amazon- buyer, buyer beware. People publish yeah. shitty books all the time. Like, and it has like terrible reviews. Like one, st- like same because it's very repetitive. It doesn't actually say anything. Yeah. It's an yeah. AI book. Mm-hmm. You know, there's I- a yeah. Just J- JD, one thing. You'll and okay. you'll find this funny. You'll find this funny. There is another book that reviews that AI book that came out like within a day or two later, and he's got rave reviews. <laughs> I would love to put together a little social experiment and put together an AI book with a different author title and put it on the internet to see what happens. Because if it actually outsells my other stuff, I may run my face into a wall. No. I feel for you. You don't want to do that. No, it's a reflex. not what I you want to have do. Such a, you have such a pretty face. I am good looking. I'm handsome. Yeah, best looking here. <laughs> in the land wow. of the blind, in the, land of the, blind the, the one-eyed man is truly king. JD, you are carrying this stable, man. <laughs> that that hurts, John. That, that hurts. really. I feel. I feel hey, at least I'm honest about my looks. <sighs> so, what's up next? <laughs> now that now now that we've talked Cause, about Cassan yeah. agrees with me. That's why I think I have to do it. <clears throat> I think I have to throw together a stupid AI book about something that like is a problem, right? That people need like solutions to, like I don't know, oh, God. inflatable tires or something like that. And just to see, because that's what they tell what? people they should write about, like a like all these book. like. Yeah, these like but stupid self help books is like right, find a right. problem find a problem that people have and write a book that full, that figures it out. So I'm like, what? Like hemorrhoids? Maybe I'll write a book about hemorrhoids with AI Time management. Dude, dude, oh, dude, self help book, uh, they, like a self help book. It'll sell no matter what it is. It'll sell. You know, you did that or have the challenge have the... accepted. You know, instead of the secret of yes, the Go secret of no. Oh, the power in saying no. The power in saying no. That's a great idea. I just don't want to write it. So I'll have AI you, you, do it for me. You <laughs> exactly. Oh you know, my god! You know, just wait until this AI stuff gets bad enough that we start talking about Roku's basilisk. Um, and if you don't know what that is, look it up. It it's kind of a scary theory, but um, I want to. All right, go ahead, John. Tell me what Roku's basilisk. <laughs> the theory goes that um, if in the future you suspect that there will be an AI, let's call it Roku, uh, let's call it the basilisk, that will punish you if you don't support it retroactively then are you more are are you more um uh, willing to believe in it now before it even exists because you might get punished by it when it does exist because that ai we, we all know ai isn't going to stop so technically the basilisk may very well may exist in the future and if it does exist in the future and it's going to punish you for not not supporting it now for going against AI now, does it that make you more, does that make you more or less willing to, to help it, to help it um, come into being? You, you just attached very Lovecraftian ideals yes. to artificial intelligence. Yes. Yeah. That's what Roku's Basilisk is. It's, it's, it's a, I mean, you just go out and go out and, and, and look, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big theory out on the web. Oh my god! And there's sounds, a story behind it too, but I won't tell. Sounds a little like what happened when, that, when well. somebody postulated that. But you should, you should go ahead. And... All right, all no, right. Good. You broke my brain. I think we need to 
take a break and come back with our main topic because that's all the news I got for this week. Um, so yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. I feel like I failed you guys. This wasn't how it was supposed to happen. You're high man. You always land on your feet. Oh, I'm in so much trouble. The universe has sent you a gift. You have to figure out what you're gonna do with it. How'd you do that? I have no idea. Target the family. Come to Papa. Mama. No way. See way. <laughs> Only Peter's August 18th. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right. We're here to talk about a movie, guys. Um movie about a bug. About a about a bug. All right. Blue bug. Yes. So we're gonna talk blue beetle. Let's drink to that. um, As we as we always do. Let's talk the numbers first, right? We've got box office, um, domestic twenty five point four million, Damn. international eighteen million, so worldwide forty three point four million on a budget of one hundred and four million. Yikes! Uh, it's not that high of a budget for these kind of things. There's a good chance they could catch that. Um, maybe, maybe. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter seventy six percent. The audience score is 92%. So that's a little bit of hope. I think, okay, I think that uh, this could have a good second week. I do. Well, it's going to be word of mouth because of of DC's current. Here's mm -hmm. the, now here's where I, I like lost my shit today. I did an audience poll like I always did. And I even put it on Facebook and uh, the other place. Put this up real quick. Hold on. Before I even read this, put this thing up. I'm getting a lot of flattery to and I want this one. Hey, how's it hey. going? No, no, the other one. What are the next oh, one? Oh no, somebody, somebody's hitting on JD. Okay. Hey, I'll take it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I'm flattered. I do look like Tom Hardy. I told you you're carrying the stable, man. Um, I'm, I'm, you look I'm, like I'm feeling you'll, great. You'll, Guess we can feel look good. Like Tom Hardy after he let himself go. We get it. We understand. That's the oh, hey, right. bad. Tom Hardy still Tom Hardy. <laughs> all, all I hear is jealousy, Dave. Hey, you know what? I'm telling lies. I'm JD's married and I have a girlfriend and you anyway. I have my cats. Uh, (laughs) I have my cats cats and I have my code. (laughs) Fighting hard not to make the I'm fighting hard not to make a joke based on No, don't don't JD. it's obvious. It's too it's too easy for you, man. Go go for the better stuff. All right. So over on the X um you know, we asked, what did you think of Blue Beetle? Gave them our typical answers. Best DC movie ever. It was good, not great. It was okay, and it was terrible. Um, the winner at 53.7% was it was terrible. That's... What? Um, it was no. good, came in. It was good, came in at second, 22%. It was okay at 122 tied with the best movie at 12.2%. Over on Facebook... Um, it was split 30 and 30 between best movie and it was good, not the best. And 40%, it was terrible. So technically you can say 60% of the people answered the poll like the movie, 40% didn't. So um, Dave, Dave, you, you emailed me yesterday and I said, what did you think? What did you tell me? What was your response? Do you recall? Um, I said that I feel that DC finally made a Marvel movie. And what was and how did you follow that up? Because Randy said exactly what you just what you emailed me yesterday. When you pull up Randy's comment, 
your Twitter poll shows poll was hacked by Snyder trolls. I said the Snyder bots are going to hate this. Yep. Yes. They 100% um, hate this movie, which is why. Hey, John looks like a young Tom Cruise. Sure. Scorpion Tom Cruise season. looks like a young Tom Cruise. That like... is the most accurate statement I've ever heard. I was going to say Scorpion season's rougher than I thought. <laughs> yeah, it's true. How many times did that young one buy? And you know, the young ones are, are actually, it's worse if the young ones bite you because they can't regulate how much venom they put in you yet. It's the old ones you know, that are better if, if they bite you. I didn't know that. And my girlfriend yeah, is not true watching, fact, actually. so she can't comment. You know, this is annoying. Anyway. Is your girlfriend at a scorpion expert? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, right. she can give me a compliment. You oh, you're fishing for compliments. I thought we were talking about scorpions. <laughs> um, yes. So we'll, let's get into this. Okay. Yeah, let's get into this. Real quick, we'll go around the room. Everyone give your initial uh, thoughts on this movie. No spoilers yet. JD, you have the most fresh view on it, so you can go for it. My favorite DC film. I loved every second of it. I actually got tears in my eyes twice in this movie. I can't believe how much I love this movie. It's the best, the best superhero movie, Avengers Endgame. Okay. Warmed the cuckles of my cold, dead heart and balls. <laughs> um, <laughs> John, how are your balls? How about Soft and squishy. Okay. Very cruise. Very, very cruise-like. You, 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 you guys know that I am not for the blue stuff. Okay. Um, shut up. Shut double up. Double die. Okay. So. Oh, so your uh, balls are blue. Shut up. Very on brand. <laughs> I knew it's a minute. I said it. All right. Look. Care for that. Speaking of blue. Blue beetle. Um. <clears throat> so my my take. It is so weird. It is a paint by numbers superhero movie. It is right down in a lot of ways. Right, yeah. right down to the bad guy having the exact same powers. Blah blah. blah. That's movie. that's what I mean by it's a yep. DC made Marvel movie. Yep. And there are things that we need to talk about it because it it's schizophrenic. But I agree with JD. One of the best superhero movies I've seen to date, carried by the actors, carried by some of the writing that seems to have um, survived some rewrites apparently. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, yeah. I mean, best best DC movie, hands down. Um, okay, yeah. I I I'm a third. Like, I don't know if I like. And I said it after um, words to you, JD. Like, maybe best is going a little strong. Um, top five at least. Like, because come on, Let's, when you say DC movies, you also got to include Superman. You got to include okay, Dark Knight. Um, you know, no, DC fair, Universe. Fair. I was talking DC Universe movies. Like, yes. Um, and like those movies aren't meant to exist. Like the original Superman, the original Batman, those movies aren't meant to function in the universe. Right. Right. Yeah. But I will think this is my favorite movie since this is my favorite DC movie since the dark Knight. I don't think that's a stretch to say for me. Yeah. Um, it's funny because somebody had commented to me or no, no, I saw this on Facebook before I saw the movie and afterwards I'm like, huh, I don't disagree with it. But this person was saying it in a negative context of, well, if you like the Shazam movies, you're going to like this. Because the Shazam movies for all had the most heart. I think at least the first one had the most heart of all the DC EU movies. And this movie has heart. It's Tons got a it has a theme of family that they keep mm -hmm. strong through the entire movie. We have a hero who refuses to kill. 
we have not had that in any DCEU movie. Um, speaking of the schizophrenia. Yeah, it's he he won't, but his abuela will mow people down by by the bushels. One hand was the abuela. Abuela was fucking those dudes up. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into yeah. that. All right. So yeah. So let's get like there's been some rewrite. There's been some obvious rewrites in this thing. We'll say this right now, as always. Um, if you're watching, this is that is our non-spoiler reaction to the movie. If you haven't seen the movie and don't want spoilers. Then you know this is where you're going to dip out. Um, if you're watching this uh, at a later date, you know, or whatever, we don't like to lose live viewers. And if you have, uh, if you have, if you want to, just go watch it, come back later and watch. Um, but before you go, if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button, click that bell for notifications, so you don't miss us next time we go live. All right, so here we go, guys. Yeah, here we go. All right. Um, Oh, wait. Before Kassan says, it's good. From a writer's perspective, I couldn't understand the choices they made. From a consumer, it was heartfelt. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about that. I'm not going to say this movie doesn't have a couple weird little flaws in it, but my thing with that is it's a comic book movie, and it feels like a comic book movie from beginning to end. Like, like right off the bat, the key just being in the lobby of the... uh, Cord building is like I can see people saying, "No, oh, that was stupid," but it's a comic book. Like they would do that in a comic book, you I'm know. The co- yeah, the well, they didn't the know what it left. was. That's all. Yeah, like so. that. They, 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 the the ant didn't know what it was. Whatever. Yeah. So, um, all right, I am not going to be able to say the star's name. <laughs> Solo, it's Solo, right? Is it? I'm not sure. Um, Jaime. So what? I'm at Jaime. I don't know how to pronounce it. Jaime. Okay. Well, yes. So, so the movie, like, like I said, this movie, the theme is family through the whole thing. So, it starts off. Jaime gets coming off a plane. His family's meeting him because he had just graduated college, uh, getting a um, pre-law degree. Did you guys catch where he graduated from? No. Uh, It was it was um, Batman, uh, Gotham City. Oh, Wayne, Gotham Gotham University. Okay. Let's see. The map to great power in the Phantom was in a museum. Comic books. Yeah, see? So, that's what Randy's comment. Um, yeah, Gotham Law. That's the, that was the, 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 the school. Um, yeah, and it was By the way, like, it's, it's Zolo Maraduenia. That's it's Zolo, name. right? That's what I thought, yeah. Zo- yeah, Zolo, Zolo Maraduenia. Yeah, I'm not going to mark good. that. He's going to have a good career, <laughs> I think. He, yeah, he was so well cast in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to say that. He is perfect in this movie. Um, but that, like, here's the thing, and I, and like, I want to point this out, and I think some people had an, might have an issue with this. I don't know. He comes back, and he finds out the, there's an issue with the family business isn't doing well. They're going to lose their house. And the father had a heart attack, and they didn't tell him all this while he was in school. And like, I know families that do stuff like that because they want him to succeed. They don't want to distract him from his studies. So they don't tell them about the bad stuff going on at home, especially when they yep. go away to school like that. Yep. There's so one thing I really liked about this movie, and I grew up in Elgin, Illinois, right outside Elgin, Illinois, very Hispanic community. Um, I grew up with a lot of Mexicans specifically, and this movie felt like it was created by kids I grew up with, right? Like a lot of the cultural things, and that is right. I can't. I've known a lot of kids that they just 
like specifically from that background who just you know talk about you this know? is one of the reasons this movie is doing so well and why, why I agree that word of mouth is going to mean that it's going to have a really big second week. I, yeah. I agree with that. I think I think beat the first week, but I think it's going to surprise people in the second week. And I think this will have things because of stuff like this movie feels like this is, you know, who's great in this movie, too, is George Lopez. Oh, my right. God. Oh, my yeah. God. Yes. <laughs> I think he kind of steals the. Sh- he kind of yep. steal. He kind of reminds me of like, remember Michael Pena was an Ant-Man. And he kind of stole every scene, but it was like pure comic relief. This movie, it feels like the uncle is comic relief, but there's a lot of heartfelt stuff too. And when he gives that speech to Jaime about how it's our turn and how we get to have it here, I was like, I was like, dang, man, that's awesome. Like, and he's so good. The the dynamic that I got was the father was the hardworking one who did everything in his power to get his family together Mm -hmm. into the, into the United States so they could have a better life. And he was so hardworking that, you know, he had a relationship with his kids, but the uncle was the fun one who did stuff with them. Yeah. Like, you and, get that dynamic right away, too. It, it works so well. And that's George a lot of- Lopez. George Lopez is a seasoned um, comedy actor. Yeah. He yeah. knows when to do the comedy and when to back off and let the seriousness roll in. Yeah. He knows. Like he's he, perfect for this. He he wasn't chewing on the scenery, right? He wasn't trying, because sometimes actors are like comics, like hey, hey, look at me, look at me, like. And he wasn't doing that. Like he took advantage of his moments, but then like when he had to kind of fade back, he he very unapologetically just kind of steps back and lets the drama carry a scene. Like it was very, it's a very great supporting performance. And again, that is something like. Mexican families knew a lot of them where the uncle and the grandma lived in the house with them. You know, it's not, that's pretty common. And like, which those kind of dynamics are real, you know, and like the director whose name escapes me at the moment, I have to look it up real quick. You know, uh, this the is director mo- was uh, Angel Manuel Soto. On hell. And that's, and hell, sorry. And it's, uh, but again, this, this is the kind of guy you need to bring that type of story to with screen and to have that type of authenticity. Like, this was, I don't know, man, like this, you know me, I'm the big character guy. Like these characters just rang so true and they really, they really drive a lot of the story. This, I'll be honest with you, the scene where, um, I mean, is going to die that from the movie and he sees his dad and talks to his dad. Yeah. I, I cried, man. And again, I'm, since my son has been born, I'm far more apt to weep openly. And the last seven years have been rough in that aspect. But my dad, I think I mentioned the show, my dad's got terminal cancer right now. So um, we're going through some stuff. And like seeing this from both a father and a son perspective, it just, it it got me, man. It got me right in the feels. Like, and I just loved that sequence where the father says, this is what I, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to make sure that you're ready to fulfill your destiny. And that is just like the most, dad thing i've ever heard in my life and like i'm getting choked up now talking about it like it's one of my favorite scenes in a superhero movie ever because we don't so, see that stuff this this movie this movie did but, not excuse me see, here, no no it's it's okay I, i'm not even going through what you're going through and it got me too and the thing Ugh. is like this movie did not pull punches like there was people were dying um there was blood like there were some brutal kills in this, uh, and it—that's why I say it's schizophrenic because it looked like it was straddling the line between 
what the writer originally wanted and what the studio thought should be for a but DCU. That's comics. comics. I know, I know. Do that. I, like, I, like, you know, yeah. Pick up a comic book. You're going to get that. You're going to get brutality. You're going to get right. emotional yes. up and beat stuff like comics. The comic book world, especially superhero comics, by their nature, are schizophrenic and kind of all over the place. Right. So, so but but the thing was, like, the writing was so damn good. And and from the top to the bottom, they made sure that um, Latinx people were involved in every level of this. And it's why I think it feels so authentic. And mm-hmm. and it's good, you know, for for a, a pasty white Irishman like me. I love this stuff because, Me too. you know, they should, they should have this moment because this is a Hispanic character and he's he like, he's, he's a great character, man. He's got a they, great story. Um, they made, they made an El Chop in Colorado joke. Like that's, that is, that is the, that was the, um, the little red grasshopper cartoon thing. That's from a oh, very right, right, popular right, right, right. Mexican television show from the yep. 70s and 80s. It was like, one of the, the end credits scene too. Yeah. And that's <clears throat> like, that is a cultural thing. Like, like they went out of their way to make this feel like, yes, this is the Mexican superhero unabashedly. Like, I don't know, man, that, that kind of stuff really like touched me. And this is also they, far and away the most like social justice superhero movie ever made. Right. They, they they got it right where when was it uh, was it Conchu? Um, what, uh, forget what the name of the series was. Um, the Marvel series with Conchu, uh, Moon Knight. They were aiming for oh, this is the Egyptian hero in Moon Knight, and it just kind of yeah, we said that and then we're done. This felt like exactly what you're saying. Like <laughs> this, this was this was owned by them. You know. Sorry, Dave. We're we're interrupting you. Can see. Yes. Um, so what I was going to say was, um, it's it's funny because my kids call me Poppy, right? Because it, it's, uh, it's just something that my wife started when uh, we got married and I had my stepdaughter. And so, like, right away, like, that, that gives me a hook emotionally into the movie. And then when, um, when, they, when the scene, when they're sitting in the front yard and, he's have, or, and they're looking out at the, the city and He's having a drink and he goes, you know, you just haven't found your purpose yet. And, and he goes, well, what's yours? And he goes, I don't know. You know, I don't know either. And it's just like, how many times have I felt like that as a father too? Like, I don't know if yeah. I'm doing the right thing. I don't know what my, my purpose is. So it just like, it hit home. It was like yeah. such a well-written line, you know, and it doesn't matter. It's one of those things. It doesn't matter if you're, um, Hispanic or white or black or whatever, every man who's had a son or a child has felt that way at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Great. Yeah. I, okay. So let's do this. Just consensus. The issue I have with, uh, with killing is that the villain received mercy from his death, but the red shirts didn't get a second thought. Why did this suit decide to only consider mercy? I can explain that. So it's not a suit. It's the scarab. The scarab is sentient, right? The scarab has a purpose. And when they're going through the thing where he's merging with Jaime, right? And they show the brainwaves are putting, like, Jaime takes from the scarab, and the scarab also takes from Jaime. So, and we see this early on where the suit wants to kill, or the scarab wants to kill, and Jaime won't let him. The scarab learns from Jaime, right? right. That's them becoming simpatico to the point where she has to say, or 
Yeah, it's Becky G. It was she. Yeah, she yeah. Yeah. So she has to save him from his rage. And I thought, and that's actually, I took that as character growth from the scarab itself, because the scarab itself is a character. And it, right. it learned enough because when they took code from the scarab, it was also in the system and mm-hmm. saw the other guy's history and knew that Jaime wouldn't want to kill somebody like that, you know, because it right. is again, same wavelength, literally at that point. Mm-hmm. I love yes. that. I just, I, I thought that yeah, was great. Was that was so great. Good. I really, like I said, I, you know, me character, character, character. I, I just loved all those little character beats. And one thing I, I dug too was this is like, this was unabashedly a DC movie, right? Like they yeah. hide this Arab in a big belly burger wrapper. Like yeah. it was core, the cord industries all like is the major thing. They did talk about Dan Garrett, the original blue beetle merging yeah. with it. Like they actually followed the content. They did their own things, which is cool, but they actually followed the continuity. There's a LexCorp building behind the cord industries building. Like yep. there's all those little things in there, but they didn't like beat you over the head with it. It was the most subtle um, little Easter eggs in a comic movie we've had in a long, long time, and I really appreciated that. Yeah. Now, yeah, Randy so, says like Squirt Building Cross Street. Yeah. And also, like, um, they mentioned Flash, Batman, and Superman at different points in the movie. We right? just don't so know we, which ones they are. We live in, we're in a lived in universe, and James Gunn said this is, and this, what I, this is really cool. It's like this movie tonally has a completely different vibe than any of the DCEU movies. Right. Yes. So I get where James Gunn's coming from on this. And if this is the vibe, and it's actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's actually a good way to start and reset things, right? To say, this is what it's going to be because it is different. It looked different yeah. too. The color, man, the color palette of the movie right. was absolutely yep. beautiful. These neon <laughs> literally color. And, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was bright and brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. These neon, but it's just like in your face. These neon blues and bright pinks, and then you set off with the villains with like the some of the green and the red that really gets popping with Omac. Like I, I've never seen a DC movie where color was used so creatively and like i the my senses miami vice color palette absolutely because like the city's basically miami right the city was yeah, pretty but yeah. they're in the keys it's, well, it's, a, it, it, it's your it's, typical dc comics like yep, it's city. not a real city but it's it's uh but it's they yeah, say it's, it's the florida keys like you uh-huh. know they, they don't mm-hmm. even say florida but they say keys you know they mean the florida keys so yeah mm-hmm. exactly but maybe they don't because it's a dc america which doesn't quite look the same you know like but it has that and it's a little bit more technically technologically i'm speaking hard tonight um advanced civilization than what we currently live like right. i just it felt like this felt like a dc comic book movie you know what i'm saying like something i think i struggled with the other dc movies they never felt like the comics this felt like a dc comic I forgot. So real quick, here are the comments on uh, Twitter on from the poll. I just wanted oh, to God, bring these Dave, up. you're going to kill me. No, no, no. Listen, listen. Timothy Jones said, I'm actually reluctant oh. to see it. I've read mixed reviews. The trailer is great, though. Also, George Lopez, which we've already he's said great. George George Lopez is great in this. No, James Gavsey, who has been on this show before, um, said, saw it last night. Absolutely loved it. Randy said, I'm posting this while in line to see it. I reserve the right to change my vote later. That's a fair and vote. Then, hey, Randy's here. Randy, what'd you think? Just and then Victor, Victor Bataro said, gee, 
Wonder how many of those 54% actually saw the movie. I that's what I'm saying. I think that our I'm I'm honored, man. Our poll got Twitter bombed. That never happened before. Uh could it yeah, be Key City? Like Key you mean like Keystone City? Like from the Flash? Because they talk about Central City. Oh, Randy says it was awesome. I yeah. mean, I, anyone I think actually seen this movie really enjoys it. And I think right. and that's what's important. And then it like am I bold by saying I feel like this is their Iron Man? Like they're not different characters, they're totally different characters, and it's almost like an anti-Iron Man film. But there's a lot of like nods to Iron Man. There's like yeah, unabashed, there's, unabashed odd, not the, like the, they tip the cap quite a few times to Iron Man. There's Iron Man nods, but there's also the reluctant hero nods. Like he doesn't want to be Peter a Parker. hero. Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Much. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's it's always mix- been Jamie or Jaime's always been DC's Peter Parker. That was the goal when Keith Giffen created him. Exactly. Yeah. So it has all of these Marvel elements in it that work. Yeah. Like it was so good. And and just just to re, re- or to mention something that Kassan said, uh, Zolo, uh, he's in Cobra Kai. So like yes, yes. you know, and people love him there too. So he's like the heart and soul of Cobra Kai. From what I from what I've been told by many many people, I haven't watched Cobra Kai you myself, know, but me, everybody um, tells me says that he's no. like, you know. I love Karate Kid. I've never seen Cobra Kai. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Let me let's ask. Let me ask a question here, because um, I know my answer is yes, one hundred percent. I never really read a lot of Blue Beetle comics, especially the newer ones. So I was completely blank going into this. So I didn't care if they changed stuff from the history or whatnot. Like the movie works as a movie. Do you guys feel the same way? Like you don't have an attachment to this character, so you could enjoy it more. I kind of do because the bromance between Ted Cord and Booster Gold is like epic yeah. in the DC universe, um, which is why, I mean, again, we're, we're into spoiler territory at the end when like the computer's on and he's like, I'm still alive. Yeah. You know where he is? He, he got to he's Booster Gold, like, yeah, shot them into the future or something, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, they're trying to find their way back. That's what happened. It's Booster yep. Gold's fault. That's um exactly what but, I thought too. But then, you know, the the character of Jaime, like he's been in Young Justice and a mm-hmm. few other a few other things. He's been around and uh yeah, his character has been compelling no matter where I've seen him. So, I've got some attachment to not as much attachment as like to all the other main character all the other main superheroes and all that, but um he's made the rounds and I've oh, never yeah. seen a bad reception for. No, I like Blue Beetle too. Young Justice is a is a really good interpretation. He did a Smallville episode. He's popped in here and there with mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. And I remember he showed up right around uh, Infinite Crisis, right? Because Ted Cord dies. Ted, the aforementioned Max Lord shoots Ted Cord in the head in the OMAC project, actually. Oh, so, fun. yes, oh, it's a fun time to be a DC fan, actually. So, oh, okay. um. <laughs> yeah, so Ted Cord, I think Ted's alive again, but I think the new thing when the universe is rebooted, Ted came back, but Jaime's still around. Um, I re, and I, man, I as a DC fan, when they when when she takes him into his workshop and they explain that Blue Beetle was Batman with a sense of humor, I was like, yes, that's that's Blue Beetle, that's Ted Cord, and they got him the bug. And I was yeah. just like, the bug, man, that's Ted Cord's bug. It's just stuff I never like again. As a DC fan, I have like unabashed love for the DC universe. I just, I, I was so happy to see this stuff. And and there's there's the connection to, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, shoot, uh, uh, what's damn it? I am really blanking right now. 
the 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 offshoot of the DC universe with Doctor Manhattan and all that. Watchmen. Right? He's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So the the Beatles should look really familiar to you. Night because, Owl. Yeah, because Night Owl is is uh, the Watchmen version of Blue Beetle. Yeah. He okay. he was that that was the character they were going to use until. What's his face was told no. No, it wasn't told more. Well, he was told more. Alan Moore was told no. Alan Moore was told then, no. They couldn't and then, use the original characters. Yeah, and then realized characters. that if he just used pastiches of them, he could actually do more. Right. So that's so, why you don't have the question. You have Rorschach, and Rorschach becomes a much different character than the question. Same. We we don't have to do with, with deal with the fact with Ted Cord can't get a boner. Like it's fine if Night Owl doesn't can't get it up. Whatever right. you know. But that that and that's Blue Be- right. But, it, yeah, that, but the owl, bug looked exactly the, the same, yeah. basically, yeah. In, in the movie. Yeah. It did. Um, Kassan, Kassan, go ahead, yeah, Go ahead. You read, you read it. Kassan, one small thing. The Scarab rebooting should have been a Chekhov's gun. Uh, we should have seen it before. The cold usage felt weak, like the writers needed a reason to stall Jamie and force him to run. Yeah, I agree with that. So, I kind of, and I realized it too when it was happening. It didn't bug me, but I did go, hmm, of course. It didn't bug you. It's huh? one of those things. Okay, so. For... <laughs> oh, bug. Hey. hey. So, so real quick, it's it's, uh, it's in the climax of the movie, near the end. It's the big fight at the bad guy's lair, um, which I loved. I loved the whole idea. Like, they had their own <laughs> island. So there's no worry about collateral damage or any of that BS. But also. There was collateral um, damage, though. <laughs> it's one of those old tropes where the hero loses his powers. It is. Well, and yeah, but it made sense because they it, were it, they, they they and the whole like, like to me, I felt it. like that was the whole point. He's it's showing that he's a hero even without the costume. Which like, is he's why going to it. go save his family. What? It's why you do it. It's a trope, but it works. Yeah, it's well, an it, it, may be, it may be a trope, but it didn't feel like it was just done just for the trope, though. Like it was the storyline. They they hooked him up to a machine. They 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 hacked into it and they started and they started copying all the code and they were. They, they 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 like turned him off for a bit, right? They were repressing the the scarab, so I it, mean, it, it kind of made sense. It was part of the storyline. It wasn't done completely this. cheaply. I, I like that. Good. That's a thread that if you start pulling on it, it does kind of like maybe fall apart a little bit. Like this world destroying weapon is so powerful. How were they able to tap into it and copy its code when? Ted Cord could never figure out, like, never bonded with it, and like, so made his own stuff so he could be Blue Beetle. Like, yeah, it just seemed like to me that they were studying it. For, I mean, like, again, it's comic book thing doesn't bother yeah. me too much, but I, right. I mean, like, I can't say the criticism is valid. Um, I think the scene, what they wanted from the scene, and this is like hierarchy of needs. Is what's more important to you, the, the character moments and the the themes that that are presented, or you know, some vampire logic. You know, I think that what they wanted to do is they wanted to have the family have their hero moment because that's what the, the theme of the movie is the family and the family is yes. completely outgunned and they go to save him. Or we right. thought they were outgunned. It turned Except out for grandma. The abuela. She's yeah. not outgunned. Anna might have been a Sandinista, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not sure the scarab joined Jamie or Jaime during the time he was hooked to the machine. So the scarab was active. Yeah, the scarab was active in the thing. So they were learning yeah. how to. How it was being used, I don't know. Like, but on a subconscious level, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't physically active at re- that point. It may have mentally been active, but you know, reverse the had, polarity, man. It's it's com- It's super, It's science fiction. Right. Logic. I mean, there there are things you we cross I go to bat for that. That yeah, was comic book logic. And that's fine. But it, it still had miles per hour. Yeah, but it still it still had a logical reason. It wasn't just you know he booted up 
in three seconds here, but in here it took him two minutes because he was running away. You know, it wasn't like that. So it had a kind of logical reason. Sorry. You know, it's till they, they made I'm their rules. As, until they break their own rules, I'm fine with it, you know? Um, JD, I'm, I'm sorry. You said it. I got I to gotta say this. 88 miles an hour. Did you know that a stock DeLorean from the 80s couldn't go up to 88 miles an no, hour? No, I did not know that. Is that a gag? That's hilarious. <laughs> I was don't that, know. Was that put they, in the movie as a gag? I just I don't was, know. Because they, 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 like... I can't remember what show I was watching where they were talking about it. And they like everyone that's a DeLorean enthusiast laughs at that. Cause they know that like this, that stock DeLorean couldn't have been able to come up that fast. So am I the only person that looks at a normal DeLorean? First of all, every time we see a DeLorean go, Hey, a DeLorean. But am I the only person that looks at a DeLorean and sees the back and was like, that doesn't look right to me without the, the extra stuff. Right. No. Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Without uh, the Mr. Fusion attached? Yeah, without Mr. Fusion attached, it doesn't look right. Uh, Randy <laughs> said, space wizards with laser swords. Uh, yeah, yeah. I go back. How do okay. you kill yes. a vampire? Yeah. Should, should, we, should we start talking about, like, we, like we, there's plenty of this movie to praise. But, again, we're, we're looking at a lot of really nice Christmas lights and, and additions to this framework that is just basic, basic standard superhero movie. They so both what? have the same powers. He doesn't want to be. He he. It's a a kid who gains superpowers and doesn't want to be a superhero. He goes through the exact three act. You know, I don't want to. I come right. to terms with it. I John, decide I'm going to be it. John, it's like every what? movie is the three act structure. Well, I I know writers I know. are taught to write to three act structure. Okay, I, tropes, I get it. tropes work because they work. I get it, uh, so, but, but but having so the same powers. But okay, what have they, okay? When have they done that in a DC movie? What in a DC movie? When have they done it in a DC movie? That's true. You but know, then, uh, but, but what man if then? Steel. Man, I tell you what, I tell you what, man. Oh, okay, man so it's Steel been, and so Wonder Woman because so it's been a decade. Well, no, he's not even the villain of the Wonder Woman. We don't see him till the end of the movie. Um, both you know what I really hate? You know what I really hate? When I watch a cowboy movie and there's all these horses all over the place. Like, come on, man. Can we have these cowboys driving cars? Why can't they ride a scooter? <laughs> you know, we watch these gangster movies and I'm like, where are the fucking robots, man? I want some robots in my Chicago 1920s gangster movie. I know, uh, but you I'm know, just I watch I'm just... Star Trek and I'm really bothered I know. that no one's selling cocaine on the bridge. <laughs> I know, I know, I get it, but but again, like the the bad so you guy. Want the Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie. That's but, what but, happened. The Quentin Tarantino. Let's be real. You know, okay. Doing, uh... But ser- seriously, seriously, they had Susan Sarandon, who who chewing scenery gave, left and right. Who yeah. gave it? Who gave it her all? Yeah, who gave it her all? But she's still like the exact same DC bad guy. What are you making? I'm make I'm making military suits. You know. Just like every other bad guy in Marvel and whatever, but you know, using whatever the tech of the of the day is like. Okay, you know, let right. me let me throw this at you. Let me throw this concept at you. One, these movies are what they are because they work, right? When we yeah. try, DC has not made it work. So yeah. what is wrong with a back to basics approach when you have struggled to get out of the gates? We just sat through a movie where a guy pulls multi universes together to try to unravel some nonsensical plot what's wrong with sitting there and saying okay this shit works well no no i'm like again i like 
there's so much to praise about this movie and it's really saved by a lot of the writing and the actors and the portrayal plot, of the family plot and doesn't all matter. That's like well, I said this I, again and again, plot is irrelevant. If the plot is semi coherent and makes some sense, character moments carry you through people care but, about characters. But as reviewers, we would be remiss to point out that this does follow the paint by numbers. So like, what? I mean, like paint by numbers takes you pretty pictures. Uh, it's great. For, it's great for establishing, right? It, like they haven't, is. they haven't done it. They did. They took the Marvel formula. Yeah. They haven't used the Marvel. They did. Formula. Yeah. Marvel exactly. hasn't it was used the exact Marvel, Marvel formula. They, but when is the last time Skybeam? I mean, like <laughs> that. That's a DC formula thing, the Skybeam. But I mean, like, did they? But I mean, like, here I had a point. In yeah. Depth. Marvel I mean, hasn't used the the Marvel. When is Marvel the last? Like the last, um, I want to say four years. And it's like, and even longer. Have they done? Have they done a Marvel formula movie since Endgame? How? Wait, wow, we have Endgame? to really think about it. Then I guess 2018. Not. Oh my God, it's been wow. five years since Endgame. Yeah, that's a shame. But that's the thing. It's like they have. It hasn't been done in a while. Like I said, Oops. like on the ranks. So the question is, what do you want instead? That's a great call. Like I want vampires in my romance story. Oh God, people actually did that. I take that one back. Like, <laughs> even Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder didn't sucked. have a, 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 It sucked, but at least it didn't have a bag. And that's the whole thing. Everyone has said that the movies haven't worked since the end of but Endgame. You can't, you can't blame that on, on what the, the, the antagonist was. It was, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm only pointing no, it but, out. But, like I said, we would be remiss as reviewers if we didn't point that out. But that, as, the movie succeeds even even aside from right. And again, I say this as a guy who has written. They tell you writers are told to write to tropes because tropes work, hmm. right? You want the Kasan. How Kasan Kasan says point by numbers doesn't guarantee pretty picture. The acting, the plot, and the paint elements of the colors are brought. That's true. But if you, true. in theory, if you follow the paint by numbers, it will work. Especially when, when it, you use colors like this movie did. That's a good point. But I mean, like we've seen it work not as good as this. This movie's better than Doctor Strange. Yes. Right? This movie's better than a lot of the Marvel movies. But it's got a lot of bad faith actors and it's got a lot of um baggage to go up against. That's so pretty happen. good though. It was pretty good. I like Doctor Strange. This was better. Do you this think... is a more relatable hero? This is a more this was, is a more yeah. relatable hero on a more understandable journey that didn't yes. whitewash. Do you think me. do you think Black Adam Fury of the Gods and Flash, the decline from those movies is also what's hurting this movie. 100%. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The DC people have no faith in the DC brand and right. have that's, it for a long time. That's why word of mouth is going to help it on the second week. Mm-hmm. People assumed another DC. Cause I don't, I don't think the D this is a controversial statement. I think the D putting that DC logo in front of blue beetle hurts it. Yeah. yeah. What if they put the, charlton uh, logo that wouldn't help it either they should have just ah. done warner brothers you, you, you know uh i just, i have to say um quite literally when i when i was at the grocery store this morning i told dave this story that um some some guy in front of me couldn't pay for all his groceries so i just told them i'd pay for them this guy was a fixed fixed income guy but apparently that gave the cashier uh the idea that it would be good to talk to me the introvert um <laughs> but 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 he but he meant you know because oh this is a good guy I'll talk to him I'm like I'm an introvert I just did a good Stop thing talking to, to me right. but but the thing was that he started talking about well you know see any good movies I'm like oh yeah I just saw Blue Beetle and and there you go there's your word of mouth like I told him it was way better than I thought you should go see it 
So th- it's going to happen that the word of mouth is going to travel with this movie because it, you know, people are going to be surprised, and that's Drew, going to give them cause Drew, to talk about it. Drew, go see it. You're going to like it. I Drew, know put you. Put the scorpions down and go see it. Scarab, yeah. <laughs> well, scarabs, not scorpions. Beetles, yes. they're beetles, not scorpions. Uh, beetles. Uh, she loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not rock you like a hurricane. <laughs> oh God. Oh, all right. We the search for that. Okay. I searched in my wonderful brain. I'm going to ask JD this. Oh yes, I love it. Besides, besides, um, you know, the paint by numbers issue. Is there anything in the movie though that you didn't like? On uh, all honesty, Susan Sarandon's very um, cardboard. Why would you waste Susan Sarandon for crying out loud? Controversial, controversial she, thought. She's, she's super overrated. She's. I won't go as far as say that, but she is very mustache twirly villain in this. Yeah. She can be, yeah. Because like I the Marvel, like like the first couple Marvel movies, it's not about the villains. Sometimes in these super, and this is something I think Kevin Feige recognized early on. Very often, remember when the Batman '89 came out? What was everybody yeah. talking about? Oh, the Joker. The Joker. When the Dark Knight yeah. came out, what did everybody talk about? The Joker. The Joker. The villains. All when the Joker the came like, out, really, when it, oh. <laughs> there you go. Um, shockingly, not Robert De Niro because they stole the King of Comedy. Um, I think that they, Kevin Feige specifically realized that a lot of times uh, villains can overshadow heroes. So yeah, because they're more fun to play. They are more fun to play. And oftentimes, but that's oftentimes too. Loki overshadow like Tom Hiddleston way overshadows Chris Hemsworth in the first storm. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like, so I think it's a good idea when starting off with a hero to go on a little bit more understated with the villain while building, right? Because it should be the hero's journey. And yeah. the original Batman is very much not the hero. It's the Joker's origin story. It's the Joker's story, right? Yeah. The Joker's the story driver of the whole thing. That it's yeah. not Batman. Batman's kind of a passenger in that movie. Well, that's because um the director, uh Tim Burton is Tim Burton. Tim- what are you gonna do? And Tim Burton said that he found the villain more interesting. Well, yeah. that because he's Tim Burton. He's Tim yeah. Burton. Yeah. Um, but so, but that's what I'm saying. It, but it's not the first time that's happened, and it's happened repeatedly in movies. So I think the Marvel method is to downplay the hero, the villains right away. Like even Batman Begins, we get Rachel Ghul, Raz Al Ghul, however you pronounce it. Right. Rachel Ghul. It's actually, I mean, they say Raz in the movie, and there's debate. It's it's Rach, but it's it, yeah. But anyone with Middle Eastern okay. descent will tell you it's Raz. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I want, that's not neither here nor there. But neither him nor Scarecrow drive that movie. Batman drives that movie. Yeah. So I think that that's while she's mustache twirling, I think it was a necessity of the movie because it had to be about Jaime. Like if you casted, like, say, George Lopez to play the villain of the movie, he's going to eat up the scenery. Yeah. So here's here's um, San says uh, the red suit villain. Um, Omac. 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 Was almost as pivotal as Jaime. His backstory was tragic and his arc was as strong as a strong hero's arc and he parallels that it parallels time is and because he doesn't have that foundation and him being latin too is a great choice like the fact that he doesn't he has that tragic background where jaime doesn't have that background you see this shift and these the this is they're both had that moment where like this is what i could be if it was different and 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 here's the thing like you could have made an a compelling movie if you paralleled those two characters through the whole thing but we don't get his story until the flashback at the end of the movie. And I think that's key because I what agree. you just said, it would have overshadowed Jaime mm-hmm. and we don't want that. Correct. So we just get the flashback at the end. We get his story real quick. And I mean, it's funny, like 
And then he makes the ultimate sacrifice at the end and destroys. Does the right thing. The island. He destroys her and mm-hmm. like yeah, he does the right thing. And, and can we can we also like mention seeing as how we're talking about destruction, mass destruction and violence, there was some really nice blood splatter in this. Not not really red, even though they had this nice color palette, but um, it was it, it was just slightly more than implied. Yeah, Sanchez, like that, and and Granny with the with the Gatling gun for crying out the Vulcan. Um, there were people dying in this left and right. I was really surprised about some of the like w- when the the bug turned into the ambulatory like mobile mode, and it just one of the one of the one of the feet just steps right through a guy and impales him completely. And by I impale, like I mean having like basically a four by four driven through his sternum. Like this, this was, they didn't hold back in this. And, you know? and George Lopez makes it like Rudy makes a joke. Oh, I stepped on him. But at the same time, those are the same people that gunned down their family. And like, yeah. boy, what a, what a, True. there was a lot of not so subtle social commentary in large yeah. chunks of this movie. Like when, the uh, profiteers, I'll say as kindly and not to say contractors, Blackfire or uh, Blackwater style, yeah, take down their house. I mean, that's like there's a lot going on there, man. There's a which this is not the show to talk about that stuff, but there was this was unabashedly, you know, where your hero is the son of illegal aliens, right? I just it's I'm amazed that stuff didn't get isn't getting more attention, right? That, and I'm the a father, fan of it. The, the father and the grandmother were both illegal aliens. He mentioned it when they say, when they come, they're going to look at you two, mm-hmm. right? You know, like they, yeah. they explored all aspects of this for, for people that are right now in this country being harassed mm-hmm. for no mm-hmm. reason. And I said, it was unabashedly what it is, you yeah. know, and they didn't hide. And then like, yeah, the, your villain being from the school of the Americas. Oh God. Yeah. Like, it's just, I mean, openly racist. I mean, just, I mean, it, it was, it needed like this movie needed to be made by the people that made it to tell this story. And it was very brave in a lot of those ways in, in its social commentary. I really, I really appreciate and that, it. And that's going to carry it. That's it. It gives this thing a ring of truth and, and a depth that you don't see normally. I made Mark says, Jaime doesn't kill, but his family, on the other hand, kills everybody. Well, they, ki- they killed his father, Mark. right? They did. They, they killed his father, and they're torturing their son, or their brother, and their nephew, you know? They're yeah. torturing Jaime, so they're like, fuck this shit! Right. And you also, took definitely from- have your family's in trouble. What are you going to do? You also have a feeling the grandmother has a history with... Yeah, that was uh, implied. You know, this might not be the first time Nana has operated a large machine gun firing weapon. <laughs> a a, a yeah. Vulcan, right? <laughs> so, and I mean, and it's funny because, like, I guarantee that everyone has a family member that they don't know the history of. Uh, yeah, my my grandfather was in the, the. I'm Irish. My grandfather was in the IRA. He was in, in a three man team. They'd go from rooftop to rooftop. W- one held the sniper rifle. One held the binoculars, and one held the grenades. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, everybody, everybody. If you go farther, far, further back in your family, you're going to find one of those. I had a, I had an uncle who was in uh, Korea and um, was on a, a tour in a helicopter. It was showing a, a, a statesman around uh, the, their base, and they were flying a helicopter. It got shot down over enemy territory, and he 
uh, the pilot died. He got this um, statesman out um, back into, you know, the out of enemy territory and it took him three days uh, and they could only move at night. Like, like he went through and like you yep. would never expect this. Like he's a very subtle, quiet person now. Well, actually, he passed away, but he was always a subtle, quiet person. Like you would my never grand- expect. My grandfather talked about killing civilians during World War II and he had this like basically deathbed confession where he they busted like the battalion busted down like a church and they opened fire thinking the enemy was there and it wound up being a bunch of civilians and he had like a he said I was drunk for the next week every day <sighs> and then you know he, he he basically talked about that just before he died right. like clearing the conscience. So I mean like yeah and there's like every family has a story. Let's let's steer this back. Kassan says going back to Omac if they did as Dave suggested, we could have had Darth Vader's sacrifice scene. I would have loved to see that version of the movie. No. <laughs> well, it depends. Sorry, would Honey have it. had the high ground? I mean, <laughs> good night, Drew. Uh, I, saw, um, I saw a meme with Obi Wan Kenobi. It said "High High Grounder," and he was like remade to look like Highlander, <laughs> and Anakin looked like the Kurgan. That cracked me up. Good night, y'all. Say true. Um, I'm trying to like think if Mark's comment is. He's saying it doesn't work because the family kills everyone, but the hero doesn't. And it's like, I, I, I don't know. I don't think that's a. You can make that argument. Like when it comes to that kind of stuff, when it comes to morality things, it's in the eye of the beholder. It didn't bother me. But again, when you don't personify the people you're killing, it's hard. It's hard to grow attachment to them. And when there are contractors, I don't have attachment to them anyway because that's what they do. They're right. paid to kill and die. So yeah. yeah. And, you know and I don't know. My my argument, as long as they're showing that the hero is, you know, not willing to kill, like that, that works for me, you know, because you would kind of think in the next movie that they're not going to lean as much as on the family or if he's on a team movie or if they do a booster gold uh, blue beetle team up and he's in that or something, you know, I don't know um, what they're going to do next time around. I'm very curious. I, I mean, guess it's going to depend on how the next week, couple weeks play out. If, yeah. if this does well, I mean, I mean, they, they portrayed him as like in his 20s, though. So, like, they can't put him in a young justice well, kind of vehicle. Could. But, I, mean, I mean, think about could. it. Right. He's college graduate. So he's what? 21, 22. 22 is what he said in the movie. Yeah. Hmm. So oh, put put him put him up with static shock and and, you know, a couple of the others, you know, there you go. There's your impulse. There's there's where you bring impulse in and a few others. There you go. You could do that. So a young justice movie would be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, the, the one character we didn't talk about was Jenny Cord. Um, I like she was there. She, she was. Yeah, did she you was feel there. that the relationship was forced? No, I didn't feel forced. <laughs> no, um, yeah. it's not the. I mean, like I like that she was Cord, right? I thought that worked yeah. well for the movie because I think she helps. She's the tie to the previous Blue Beetle, right? You know, so I think it was. It functions in the same way. Uh, it's function okay. It's got a similar function to Hope Van Dyne and Scott Lang. Yeah. Right? She's the tether that gets them to... It's not a strength of the movie, but I liked her character arc. And I think the two of them had pretty good chemistry. So while it's not my favorite aspect of the movie, it doesn't bother me. She's there. It it didn't seem completely superfluous, right? It was... I mean, there was chemistry between them, so... I, I feel right. like it wasn't like just completely tacked on and you could go somewhere in the next, in the next movie if they make it, you know? All right. I mean, I'm just, I, I didn't have an issue with it either, but I'm just trying to think that 54%, like it's not real, Dave. 
I know. It's like it, the the whole idea of like saying it's terrible. Like, well, it's like I, I will it's okay, say Snyder bots. Oh no. Okay, let's look at this. Let's look at this. This movie is the polar opposite of a Snyder film. Yeah, it is really. There's too much like, color from the, that's it. Yeah, from the art direction, right? From the style, from the tone. From everything the lack about of people it. sniffing somebody's sweater while singing. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing too. Like this movie is very much, and they want every, they want all of it to fail. And most of them aren't even real people. A lot of them are bots. Yeah. Right. So are there people that don't like this movie? Sure. Yeah, of course. Things are things, but look at the audience score. Yeah. Right. The audience score is 92%. That is not reflective in a Twitter poll. Why is that? That's my question too. Yeah. yeah, because it's not real. Because it's not real. These Twitter polls and stuff like that, they get they get hijacked by bots, specifically Snyder, right? That dude is a uh, that dude is suspect. We read that article a couple of years ago yeah. about that whole thing, right? And like his people too are part of our are engaging in like a shadow campaign to make sure all of this stuff fails. I but it just bugs me because it's like, what's the point at this point? Like it's done. Eddie? It's gone. They're never going to bring you back and, and reboot the Snyderverse. So give up. Like if they know. had never if they had never relented and never gave us Zack Snyder's Justice League, I would have agreed with you. But they relented. And they're gonna give us David Ayer's shittier version of Suicide Squad eventually. Right? Yeah. So they like war a number. Warner makes mistakes of empowering these people. So they think they have a voice. Um Kassan did <laughs> say something here. Uh the the third mannequin I have what no idea. Suggests is she going to become another Blue Beetle? I think it suggests that that's the costume he's currently wearing wherever he's at. That that, sure. that was my takeaway. Yeah, I'll go with that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, okay. I got nothing. I wanted the same thing. Um. So, all right. Well, all right. I don't. I don't have anything else to say about this movie. I mean, yes, he he. It's about family. Um. People. Okay. I will say this. People complained online about. Oh, he's not in it for like, uh, or he's sidelined in the movie. But like, that strengthens no, the family not. thing. He, he well, he's literally captured. He's totally sidelined. Well, he's captured, yeah. but it's not. Yeah, I mean, they're sidelined and they're side. It's sidelined the, it's, is when is when Black it, Panther was. It's the was whole darkest off, of, of the water. It's the whole darkest point of the movie, kind of thing. He gets captured. The father has the heart attack and dies. The house burns down. It's but all this, dark. And this is where they, they they zagged instead of zigged in terms of, of obeying a trope of a film. Usually it would have been the family that gets kidnapped and he has uh-huh. to rebound save and them. save them. And they flipped it around this time and made it differently because it would have made way it made way it made way more sense this way. Yes. Well, it it's also like highlighting the family dynamic that the you know the the thing that gave this movie the heart it has. Right. You know, that the family is willing to do anything. For each other, like, like that—that's my whole thing. Is like people were complaining about that, and I'm like, no, it's why you're missing the point of the movie. The movie's about family. The family because they don't want to like it, and then he comes back and saves them. At like, that's the whole thing. Like, yeah, it's a team movie, really. It's like The Incredibles, but not everybody has powers, right? Which we haven't seen. Which we haven't seen before. There was not a Marvel movie that had. That had this strength of like this theme specifically of this family where the family is going to do this and the family is going to make the save the day. Like, right. So that in itself, like makes it unique. Like I so said, you take this trope, you take a trope that works and then you put your own spin on it. That's how, you know, you've got something. And that's what I think personally, that's what they did here. Yes. The grappling book thing bothered me. He means grappling hook. Uh, during the time the scarab acted on her own accord, but 
she didn't do anything except suggest to live. Well, because they're trying to protect oh, to the flee. host. To flee, I'm sorry. Yeah, protect the host. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, the grappling hook thing, again, like I said, like, they figured out how to neutralize it, I guess, um, at some point. But I will say then, like, why didn't they have that right away? Why wasn't that built into the red man's armor, you know, right away? So well, they couldn't they couldn't build it into his armor. It was too big. It was it was the size of, of the OMAC. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. They created an ultimate nullifier and it worked for a little bit. That doesn't matter. I yeah, it's a it's a comic book trope. Yeah, right. Still, ah, there you go. Seeing. Because there was only one. There you go, Randy. Good answer. Much like the Highlander. Yeah. The grappling hook came from the Reach. Oh, maybe. Who knows? Oh, maybe. We're going to get, I imagine we get the Reach in the second. And I'm glad we didn't get there. So this is the movie, I finally, I figured this out. This is the movie that Green Lantern should have been. And I wanted a Green Lantern movie in space. They didn't give us that. They gave us a Green Lantern movie on Earth. This was that move, how that movie should have been done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And again, I mean, if they, if they decide to use this as a jumping off point, like if they decide they to include this in a new DCU, not DCEU, but DCU, then, um, that you know, the reach is a, a really nice first big bad. You know? That's true. That's true. And it hasn't been used yet. Yeah. And yet they are a power in the universe. I mean, the, just some background, like in the comics, the reach are so powerful that they fought the entire Green Lantern Corps to a standstill and have an agreement with them. Ran- so they're going to do the quickening on Colt 45 soon. I highly recommend that. It's oh a piece geez. of shit movie. Oh God. Highland two. Oh God. Yeah. Highlander two. That oh should be God. interesting. All right. That, all right. Um, yeah. yeah, I do. I, here's, here's, let's, I think we need to, to wrap, it up. wrap this up a little bit, but I do wish more people go out and see it. I do think the Snyder. Box I don't think that's bad are, writing though. Like, sorry, sorry, you didn't put it up, but comes comic book tropes can't be an excuse for bad writing. The movie is a, the movie is on a, is on eight, is it's 8. an 8.5 could have been an easy nine i mean like it's an 8.5 is all, still good <laughs> an 8.5 is great so i mean like it, it, it's like it's a nitpick like well this one piece of technology can't exist but this other technology can like i don't yeah. know they follow the rules of their own universe like you, you sound know. like wall street disagree. it's like it's like this company made oh, so much more profit this year but they didn't make as much as we said Let's, uh, <laughs> it's like you you still made a huge profit like this movie still did i mean yeah. it's, it's still an 8.5 you know all right well let's 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 on that Compared to the rest <laughs> since we got kassan's grade let's go around the room um give a give a score and our final thoughts on this movie and JD, since you're giving the gang hand signs, you can go first. What the hell is that? It's a is nine. that a nine? <laughs> nine. Bring a nine. It's either that or the Crips. I don't know. What is this called? Well, that's a Crips. Any, um, it's like C's. And he, uh, he used to be able to do the blood with my hand. I love it. I absolutely love it. Like um, The mechanics of how the tech works aside... That is, uh, for me, that's just not important. For me, what, what matters is the character development and the character relationships and how those played out in the movie and what they meant to the film. And that's, that is so strong in this movie. It is easily the best DC film since The Dark Knight. And it is my favorite superhero movie since Avengers Endgame. And I've been so burnt out on superhero stuff over the last year. And this yeah. is the heart. This movie has the heart that the Marvel movies used to have. All right. Johnny boy. I'm giving it an 8.5. 8.5 scarabs from the mummy burrowing into your body. Um, 
It's you. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it was way be- way better than I thought. I had a lot of fun watching this movie. I I really did, and I uh, I would not mind at all if this was if they decided this is the first DCU movie and that they oh, continue yeah, yeah. on from here. I this. like this movie way more than the Batman. Yeah, yeah, it was way better than the Batman. So. And the I, okay, was no, good, but still. across okay, so the Cross of Spider Verse is great. That's an animated thing, and in my my segmented brain, animated movies and live action movies must be kept in separate spaces. Perhaps that makes me a dumb person, but that's just how my brain operates. I'd say the writing, <laughs> I'd say the writing was even better on Across the Spider Verse, but the writing in this far out out trumps anything uh, that DC has put out yeah. of well, not of late, of just basically ever. Um, so yeah, this is, I, it made me feel feels, I, I shed tears. Um, like didn't expect the father to, to die. I thought the whole trope of, you know, he, the whole family is going to be in indestructible. The whole thing didn't expect, uh, like they, they raised the, that alone, raised the stakes. Instead so, they steered into the trope of the parent dying. Yeah. Well, but true. it did have stakes though. It did have stakes. I should have said that earlier, John. That's a good call. Yeah. It had stakes. Yeah. Which you don't normally get. Uh, so, and also I, one other thing about DC compar- comparatively, uh, this movie showed you the interaction of the hero with normal people, yes. right? Normally, all the other DC movies have been like gods among high, and it's all been interactions with themselves, not their interaction with the public and them trying to, you know, deal deal with that. So, yeah, eight point five, and it's definitely a must see for me. All right. Um, I will second JD's score of a nine. Um, I think this is, I think this was the best superhero movie of 2023, definitely. Um, probably since Endgame. Um, I have to rethink about that, but possibly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No Way Home was in there. I like No Way Home. I, I like No Way Home, but I think No Way Home only works if you have the baggage of the other Spider-Man films attached to it. Yeah. Which is not a, which is not a default. That's a feature, but Mm -hmm. I find like this one did send, I love no way home, right? No way. That's like, like that's, this is one, this is, that's like one a, you know, I love no way home, but that I, I I did like this one. All right. For the last time, I don't hate Gwen Stacy. I hate spider Gwen. They are two completely different characters. Can't say Um, and well, I'm come gonna on, say, be, be on it. Be honest. You cheered when she died in Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. No, I'm also going <laughs> no, to say Dave, Dave hates the Gwen with personality. Right, Dad. Yeah, original Gwen Stacy just bitched about Peter. <laughs> Where's Peter? Why isn't Peter here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to say, don't let the Snyder bots win. Go see this movie. All right. There we go. Let's wrap this one. Let's bring this one home. Let's go around the room and uh, let us know, did you learn anything this week on the podcast or do you have any recommendations? And John, you can go first. Again, I don't know what to say when you, when you ask what I've learned. I haven't learned really. I, you know, I'm old. You can't teach an old dog new tricks unless it's in code. I'll learn any language on the planet. Um, uh, as far as, Books are like anime is concerned. Okay. I got really, uh, what do you call it? Like I, I got really like surprised by reincarnated as a vending machine. No, trust me. I know you're laughing at me right now. When, when, when I'm suggesting go watch 
uh, reincarnated as a vending machine, surprisingly way more fun than it's not, it's not supposed to be deep. It's not supposed to be like epic, but it's just way more interesting and fun than I, I can, I can, I just, I still can't understand why, but it just is. So there you go. There's an anime recommendation. For you. All right, JD. I ain't learned shit. Um, trying to think of what i'm reading dr sleep currently i've never actually read the book love the movie oh wow uh it's a great book i'll probably recommend that more next week when i finish it um i'd recommend going back to school because i'm in school right now and i'm teaching and that's where my brain is at so yeah go see spider or go see spider go see spider-man it's just across spider-verse is out there go see spider-man but also go see blue beetle all right um I learned. Oh, go see Last of the Demeter too. Last Voyage of the Demeter. That's a great movie. I, I keep hearing that. It's getting I killed at the box that. office. It's getting killed at the box office. Should have been an October release, not a summer release. But, but I, I haven't that. seen one bad review of it. Sounds like uh, the Blue Beetle. All right. Um, I learned that the Snyder bots are still out there and they're still strong. Um, I also learned that JD looks um, better with his glasses on. <laughs> yeah, I would wear my. I would wear my. Hit the mic. I would wear my glasses. That's funny. You look better with my glasses off. Wing light. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there, sir. I'm getting. I don't have the the light spray on there, so I'm not getting. Oh, uh, okay. okay. No. Uh, the wing light is weird. Uh, all right. <laughs> but I recommend. Uh, I don't. I don't have any recommendations this week. Uh, go. Go see this movie. Go see Blue Beetle. It's good. Um, it's a shame that more people have not seen it yet, but I do think John's right. Word of mouth is going to spread, um, and they should, you know, they'll, they'll do better next weekend. And uh, also, I recommend that you go to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media at the top of the page. Uh, comic book reviews by our good friend Chris, and so much more. Also, if uh, you're watching this after the fact and you're not subscribed, click that subscribe button, click that bell for notifications. Uh, give us a like, give us a comment, help us out on the algorithm. We want to reach more people because we have egos. All right. <laughs> on that note, boys and girls, as always, thanks for watching. Don't let your cape be caught in the door. Have a good week.